It's on. Welcome to the Covert Show, episode number 16. Everybody's back after a couple of episodes. I flew solo in the last one. It might be the shortest episode we have. It's like 22 minutes. Uh, Then Nick and I, I think, were on the one before that. Now everybody's back. I'm JC. Across the way is RC. And joining us on the Skype line, as is per usual, Nick is joining us. And, uh, well, Nick... Uh, you, I know you've already talked about it. It was a pretty good week. Uh, you know, you went 13-3. and three. Shout out to beating my 12-4 and four from the previous week. So that was uh, something. And RC was nipping your heels 11-5. and five. I went 8-8. Eight and eight. It was bad. Took some dogs that made no sense looking back on it. But what are you going to do? And the Hexbugs have won, uh, have picked the same amount of games from week two and three combined as week one. So what that means, Nick, you're leading 31 and 17. I'm 29 and 19. RC is 28 and 20 and the hex bugs 18 and 30. The hex bugs experiment is starting to, starting to fail a little bit. It went well the first week they were nine and seven. They did better than RC. And I was like, all right, this is cool. And since then four and 12, and five and eleven in back-to-back weeks. Yikes! It's been a rough go of it for him. But you know, with that being said, there's still only ten games behind RC. So I mean, if RC has a crappy week and the Hexbugs have a good week, they might make up some ground. But yeah, it's uh, it's a long way back to the Hexbugs. And I guess we'll just jump into the NFL right off the jump here. Uh, looking at the week that was, not making picks quite yet. Uh, looking at the week that was the Thursday night game, Panthers Texans was the biggest slam dunk of the week, other than the Cardinals, in my opinion. Um, the first thing that jumps off is Kansas City done? Is Kansas City in trouble? They lose to the Chargers. Uh, Kansas City is in sole possession of dead last in the AFC West. There's two undefeated teams in the West, but does everybody think that? it's time to write Kansas city off just three weeks into the season. Personally, I don't think so. I just think they've had a little bit of a rough week. Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens finally kind of got the number. It was a close game. It was a win by one, but I mean, still it's, they've struggled a little bit offensively, just trying to get everything to click. Mahomes hasn't looked his greatest and the Chargers kind of came out swinging, and I think that's really good for the Chargers organization. They need kind of a little bit of a step up here. Um, they have the Eagles this week, do the Chiefs, and then they kind of they go on a little bit of a tough schedule with the Bills following that. But I think the Chiefs just need kind of a big blowout win, get themselves back up. They should be able to handle or at least throw punches with the Bills, and then they've kind of got a little bit of a an easier set schedule for the next couple of weeks besides the Titans. So. I wouldn't count them out just yet. I just feel like they need to get back on track. The biggest thing I'm noticing difference-wise is Mahomes in September prior to this year was dang near perfect. He's thrown three picks, four picks, whatever it was this September. It just feels like Kansas City can't quite get away with the type of gameplay that they have in the past with some of these teams. I feel like defenses are finally making the adjustment to Mahomes and just how high-powered this offense is. Because when you've got really good running backs, you've got an entire just speed staff of wide receivers. It's like 
they there was a big secondary draft pick with a lot of defenses in this past year's draft. So, I mean, everybody's kind of figuring them out and how to play against them. If you can contain Mahomes and keep him kind of in the pocket as long as possible and, like, force him to really, really scramble, that's when he does somewhat struggle. He's able to still make plays and throw his crazy sidearm stuff. But, I mean, he's he's human if you can, if you can really force him to have to go with those throws. Uh, looking through some of the other games last week, Cardinals come back and beat the Jags. This was one that it looked – a little sketchy at times for the Cardinals. Then they give up that kick six right before the half. They end up coming back and winning. Uh, Bills just mangle the Washington football team. Colts, it's a close-ish score. Titans and Colts, 25-16. It just never felt like the Colts were even a threat in this game. Saints beat the Patriots in Foxborough, uh, 28-13. Falcons win on a game winner. Uh, the Bengals... Talking about some of my sports betting here. The Bengals was probably one of the bigger wins of the week. We'll get into how I might be the biggest idiot on the entire planet with the parlay I put together. But uh, uh-huh. Bengals pick up a win in Pittsburgh. I'm intrigued to hear what we think about Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, is Cincinnati this good or is Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh this bad uh, the Steelers are not keeping pace in the North. They're only a game back. Granted, it's only three games in. They're the only team with a losing record in the North. I feel like when it comes to the Patriots, I feel like Roethlisberger's kind of coming up to his end. He hasn't been playing great. They lost to the Raiders, which the Raiders are a tough team this year to beat. They're 3-0, and they're just looking solid. And the Bengals are starting to finally kind of figure out a little bit of an offensive play. Joe Burrow is kind of looking a little bit better. He was 14 of 18 last week with 172 yards, three touchdowns by himself. He's trying to figure out how to still run that offense. He had two touchdowns with Chase last week as well. But, I mean, I I think the Bengals could possibly find a way to, to scrap a season together, and Pittsburgh just needs to refocus as well. They got the Packers coming up this week, who the Packers have been struggling and last week's game kind of said it all, um, especially. And it was just, it was just one of those moments where Rodgers, again, in, in the final seconds, just is able to come up clutch and get his team in a field goal position. But I, I, think the, I think the Steelers kind of might be starting to have that fallout, and Roethlisberger might be done. And then looking at some other games, Bears get just destroyed. Justin Fields, uh, I, 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 I know as a Bears fan, it should make sense for me to just roll this on Justin Fields. But to me, it felt more like the play calling was lackluster. The Bears defense is good. And this is another year where the Bears defense is good. It's just the Bears offense is just not being utilized to its full potential. So that's going to make for a long season. Uh, Looking through these other games, uh, Buccaneers fall to the Rams by 10. Vikings shock pretty much everybody. I uh, let's see here. I don't know if anybody took Minnesota. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Nick, Nick took Minnesota. Minnesota. This is the guy that went 13 and three. Of course he did. I took him on an off chance, and Kirk so, decided to shove it. <laughs> freaking Vikings, <Bless> dude. <laughs> uh, managed to win this game. Uh, Raiders, I bet them 
bet the spread. They did not cover, but they won in overtime. That was a fun game there. Uh, the Jets get absolutely annihilated. They might not win a game this year. Uh, the Ravens and Lions, speaking of games that you just don't really know what to take away from it other than Justin Tucker is a legend. 66-yard field goal that should have never happened for the Ravens is the game winner. Justin Tucker now has the longest field goal in NFL history. Our local Ravens fan, RC, do you have anything to weigh in on this game as the Ravens escape and uh, get helped <clears throat> by the officials? This is one you. there's no argument for it. Uh, they definitely 125% absolutely botched a delay of game penalty, but still 66 yards to win it is pretty doggone impressive. I actually have a comment on two different games. Oh. Okay. So every time I pick the Giants, they somehow manage to lose. And every time I don't pick the Vikings, they seem to win. Like I picked them. Mm. Um, the other two weeks, and they fell on their heads. The one time I don't pick the Vikings, they managed to win. So that's an interesting one there. Minnesota is a hard team to gauge. I think we should get more into this with the picks uh, coming up. But uh, looking at the Monday night game, Dallas rolls Philadelphia by 20. The Packers, despite what Nick said, this is an impressive win for Green Bay. They almost got oh, out yeah. and just absolutely took it to San Francisco. But the 49ers are a good team, so they came back. Rodgers worked some late in the game. Magic, 30-28, to the final. And before we get into picks and before we look at next week, this betting week, I may have made the worst betting decision of any human being on the entire planet. Jets-Broncos game. Now, I want you to stick with me because I wasn't exactly – I'm not sure what to think of the Broncos coming into last week, right? You know, they're 2-0. Uh, they've – I don't it's know. The they Jets. haven't really played anybody. The Jets have looked like absolute crap through the first two weeks, but it's week three. This is the breakout week, so I bet the Jets plus 10. I thought, you know, oh, they're going to cover because I had them winning. Okay, so you're, list, you're looking at that and you're going, all right, this guy's an idiot. But wait, you want to you – have something really to go off of i did and broke one of my own rules when it came to sports betting i bet on my own team i thought it was time for the bears to finally look like a football team they got justin fields going in the browns maybe the browns are gonna play a bad game parlayed the jets and the bears it was bad it was just it, it was, it was not good. It had no chance. Chicago got throttled, and then even if the Bears had managed to win, the Jets got throttled. So the teams that I picked in that parlay lost a combined 52-6. to six. So not a good look uh, for that. But the Saints and Bengals were big wins. Second week in a row, I had a five-leg parlay that came up short. It had the Ravens, who needed a miracle to win, it had Buffalo, who rolled. It had Tennessee, who rolled. It had Arizona, who came back and rolled. And it had Kansas City. And I thought Kansas City was surefire. They end up not panning out. So a bit of a tough go of it there. And I think this is the perfect time to jump into week number four. 
Week four. I say that with a lack of confidence as I look at two different stacks of papers here. Week number four, as uh, starting Thursday is a game that, I mean, Cincinnati is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite as of the time of this recording, which is early Thursday morning. Uh, the over-under set at 46. What are we thinking for this game? It is the Jags traveling to Cincinnati to take on the 2-1 and one Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, Bengals is kind of an easy pick. Jacksonville is just struggling. They've got no real offensive rhythm. They had to have a little bit of help with that kick six. Trevor Lawrence is... He's looking okay, but he just he really doesn't have much to work with. The Jacksonville offensive line not giving him any protection whatsoever. And I think Cincinnati's defense is going to hold. Joe Burrow is looking pretty decent so far early in the year, so I got the Bengals. I'm going with the Bengals, too, and I think this is going to be interesting coming into this week because that means Cincinnati's 3-1. and one. And I think there's a lot of people in the AFC North that had already wrote off Cincinnati before this season started. And, I uh, mean, if the Bengals win this game, which they're favored to, and I think they're the better team, they'll be 3-1. and one, So that'll make for interesting conversations heading into uh, next week. All right, first game on the slate, Washington football team and the Falcons. They're both 1-2. and two. Neither one of these teams seems great. Washington, a point-and-a-half favorite on the road, taking on the Falcons. I'm going to go with Atlanta picks up win number two. They get on a little bit of a streak here. I feel like Matt Ryan's going to kind of keep them rolling. Washington has just kind of struggled a little bit. They had a one-point win against the Giants, who aren't anything special right now. Falcons just beat the Giants. Yeah, and the Falcons just beat the Giants as well. So, I mean, they've the, the football team has also had a tough go around. Washington started up with the Chargers, and they're looking strong right now. They had the Bills. Obviously, we all picked I believe I'll pick the Bills to be the winner for their division. So, I mean, I, I think the Falcons are going to take this one. I'm going to go with the Washington football team. All right. Uh, this is one that, similar to how I picked a game last week, I'm just going with the home team. Uh, both of these teams aren't great. Washington, I just don't. Nick makes good points that their only win is the extremely close game against the Giants. I got to go Atlanta. I got burned last week by not picking on the Falcons and picking the New York Giants. Uh, So I'm taking the Falcons in this game as well. And one we were talking about before uh, this podcast, uh, we started recording the podcast here, is a big line spread buffalo at home 16 point favorites against the houston texans who got clobbered last week by carolina what are we thinking bills texans bills yeah i'm definitely going bills josh allen looking too good right now and the bills offense is kind of kind of rolling through came off a big win last week so they're looking to kind of go with another win streak here make it three in a row and I'm going Bills, too. Bills are super good, sure, but Houston just looks awful. So <laughs> I'm taking Buffalo in a Bears game for my Bears. They're favored at home by three over Detroit. 
Detroit just about beat Baltimore. Detroit's 0 for 3. The Bears 1 for 2. What are we thinking in this clash of NFC North teams? I'm going to go with the Lions. Hmm. I'm kind of looking at it here. I think that Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Lions. They've been They've been looking a little bit more solid, but the Bears, kind of like last week you were talking about it, JC, the, the play calling was just not there. Fields is not getting enough time to throw. He was 6-20 of 20 last week. They're trying to move him in. I mean, I, I think once he kind of gets a few more games under his belt, he might be able to kind of turn that around for himself. But so far right now, that Lions defense is going to be big trouble. Well, here's my thing. You can you can have the greatest game plan, which the Bears don't, and I'm not saying they do, but when you have an offensive line that lets your quarterback get sacked nine times yeah. and your quarterback's six for 20 and you're playing the Browns, I mean, I'm not saying that the Browns are bad, but I'm saying the NFC North defenses are going to just kill Chicago. Um, yeah, it's this it's is one. Be nuts. I looked at this line before the podcast and went, I don't understand this line. There's another line coming up that I have the same opinion of. I am shocked the Bears are favored. I can't take the Bears. I mean, they just – I hope I'm wrong because it would be nice to be 2-2, two and two, pick up a division win and all that. But, boy, something's got to change for Chicago to win this game. I take the Lions on the road. And that uh, game coming up after that will be Panthers and Cowboys. Darnold has the Panthers 3-0. and The Cowboys are sitting at 2-1 and and four-and-a-half-point favorites. What do we got in this one? I'm going to go with the Cowboys. You know, I want to see Sam Darnold beat, quote-unquote, America's team. Dak Prescott's looking pretty good. He's got two interceptions on the air. They're both pretty evened out. Darnold has 888 yards. Prescott's got 878. I I personally feel like like Sam Darnold might be the kind of guy that's going to be able to spark this Panthers offense and kind of keep them rolling a little bit. So I, I kind of want the Panthers in this one. This was the second game. I looked at that line and went, how is Dallas four-and-a-half-point favorites at home? I again, I'm taking back-to-back dogs, similar to Nick here. I'm taking the Panthers in this game. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. Cowboys cost me a parlay two weeks ago, so maybe betting against them's not the move for me. But we'll have to wait and see. Taking the Panthers Ooh, in that game as well. Here's another cool thing. I just saw this, and this was seven hours ago. Shova Hubbard, the running back from Oklahoma State gets his rookie start against the Cowboys because McCaffrey is out. I think that might be just an interesting running perspective because Jova Hubbard has been back at Oklahoma State. He was very prolific. He was a very good running back. He led the nation in running yards, uh, I believe, over Jonathan Taylor as well from Wisconsin. He's a very shifty runner, but he's got a lot of power behind it. So I think he might be giving that Cowboys defense a little bit of run for their money. So I think that kind of adds to my Panthers pick. Moving across the noon schedule, it's the 0-3 Colts against the 1-2 Dolphins. Dolphins are two-point favorites. It's at Miami. I'm going to go ahead and jump in on this one. This game, I think, will be a bigger blowout than people think. The Colts just seem like they're not quite getting everything put together. You have Wentz playing out there with two sprained ankles at the same time. Somehow that guy still functions as a uh, 
quarterback with two sprained ankles, which is amazing uh, in itself. Dolphins almost came back after leading big against the Raiders, who really you start to think about the Raiders as one of those top teams in the AFC, which is weird to say. I'm taking the Dolphins at home over the Colts. And I'll follow up and also pick the Dolphins. I think I'll go with the Dolphins as well. They might not have Fuller for the weekend as he might be out with that chest and elbow, but Jalen Waddle, just an absolute stud on the outside edge. And I think he's going to be one that kind of helps against that Colts defense. So I think all three of us got the Dolphins for this week. Looking at another noon game, it's the Browns at Minnesota. Minnesota's coming off a huge wave of momentum as they beat Seattle. Browns are two-point favorites on the road. And before I make my pick, I will say, and I've said this about Detroit for a long time, I'm biased against every team. I guess other than the Packers for some reason, which you wouldn't think that I would be the least biased as a Bears fan against the Packers. I can't stand Minnesota. Uh, last week was a frustrating game. Maybe the Vikings are back. Maybe they're not. I still can't hop on that bandwagon quite yet. I'm taking Cleveland to win, and I think Cleveland will easily win by, I'm, I'm going to say, between 4 and 10 over the Vikings. I think that this will be one of those games that maybe a reality check for the Vikings. Yep, I'm going Browns too. Well, that's not good because that means the Vikings are going to win. <laughs> I want to play devil's advocate with this game, but I don't know. I know Kirk Cousins in secondary games to follow where he just does really, really good. And it's it's just the next game he follows up and he's just not as strong. And they might not have Dalvin Cook being back in the running game, so they're going to have to shuffle out a couple of other running backs like they did the last week against Seattle, and it worked for them. I nah. Do it. I don't know. Do it. You know what? We're we're gonna give a first. We're gonna give an upset here. I'm gonna I'm gonna play with Kirk Cousins, and we're gonna say that at home in the dome. How many games am I behind? Like two. You are currently three back of Nick, one behind me, and ten ahead of the hex bug. There you go. I want to. Oh, this guy's counting games over here. All right. (laughs) He's he's trying to get back into it, but I'm going to go with Minnesota. I'm going to say Kirk Cousins is able to jump back. The Browns might struggle a little bit in the dome. We'll see if the Vikings defense can possibly stand up Baker Mayfield. So right now we've had of these games so far two, no three picks so far. Different. Everybody has Cincinnati. Everybody has Buffalo, Detroit. And Miami, the different uh, games, Carolina, Dallas, Minnesota, Cleveland, and Atlanta, Washington so far. I think RC starting to think about changing some things up over there. It's a noon game. It's the Saints and Giants. Giants have looked sketchy at best. I'm, gonna are- go, I'm going first. I'm going first. And I'm not picking the Giants this week. I'm picking the Saints. <laughs> I'm tired of losing and picking the stupid Giants that can never win. There you go. Okay, well, I'm going you're Saints. gonna you're gonna like this line. Saints are favored by seven and a half points in this game. It's at New Orleans. This is gonna be an absolute slaughter. I don't think the Giants make this game even remotely close. 
I'm taking the Saints, taking them big. They'll no. cover the spread. They might even these teams might combine for more than 42 points because the Saints are going to beat them that bad. Now watch the Giants are going to win. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not because I'm going to go with famous Jameis and the Saints. Famous Jameis, I love it. Noon <laughs> He's game. He's looking solid. <laughs> I I know. I can't believe we're saying that, but he sure does. He's uh, W's all day long. Well, two and one so far. It's the Titans and Jets. This one, the Titans are seven-point favorites. I don't understand how this line's this close. I get it's at the Jets, but Jesus, watching them last week, watching highlights of this team, the Titans are so much better. I would taking the Tennessee Titans to win this, and if the Jets win, good for them, but I would be shocked. I'm going to yeah, go. I don't, I don't think the Jets are going to be able to handle Derrick Henry. I think he's just going to run it down their throat. And Tannehill's gonna have have a day, so I'm I'm going with the Titans. I'm also gonna go with the Titans. So round too many weapons. Too many weapons on that offense. That and the Jets are just terrible. That too. <laughs> I mean, you could damn any part of the offense, and yeah, that's probably gonna be right. All right, final game on the noon slate. It is Eagles and the Chiefs in Philadelphia. Kansas City is seven point favorites. And, uh, I mean, the Eagles got steamrolled by Dallas on uh, Monday Night Football. I, I'm not sold that Kansas City's done yet, and that I'm going to take Kansas City in this game. I'm not – it's at the Eagles, but not sold. Kansas City's done quite yet. I'm also going to pick the Chiefs in this matchup. Yeah, I think we're going to have a comeback week with the Chiefs. It's going to be big. Mahomes is going to try to get himself back on track. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be able to keep up with that KC defense. I don't think the the Eagles have enough weapons on defense in that secondary to really hold down that receiving core. And Travis Kelsey in the middle as a tight end. So I think Kansas City is going to get a steamroll. So our last three picks have been the same. 305 game. I'm jumping into this one. I am pumped. I am ready to take a dog, and I'm ready to lock in a pick for the week. My lock of the week, it's the Cardinals at the Rams. Cardinals are 3-0. and Rams are 3-0. and Kyler Murray looks good. Matthew Stafford looks good. Rams are off a big win. Cardinals just came back, and the Rams were four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm taking the Cardinals uh, on the road to pick up a big NFC West win because – the way that division's shaping up, they are going to need every win to come through at the end of the year as NFC West champs. I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. Yeah, I might be. I might be with RC on that one. I think the Rams are just kind of looking, looking real solid right now, and they came off a big win against Tampa Bay, and that's a really tough team to beat with Tom Brady. So if they can hold Tom Brady down and only let that offense score 24. It's going to be an interesting way to see how Kyler Murray and the Cardinals come at this with an offense. So I, I'm going to go with the Rams, holding at home. So follow that up. It is the other NFC West battle, 49ers and the Seahawks. Again, going with the dog here in this one. San Francisco, two-and-a-half-point favorites. It's at San Fran. Seattle, after last week's loss, I feel like is going to come back with a bounce back. And if they don't come back for the bounce back, they're going to be in dire straits in that division because there's going to be at least two teams, uh, three teams actually, that are going to be three and one or better. 
in the West. I'm taking Seattle again, a bit of an upset on the road against San Francisco. I'm going to go with the 49ers on this one. Yeah, I might have to join RC on that one. Garoppolo still looked solid, even though the offense was a little bit shaky. They were able to really come back in that fourth quarter and just try to try to scrap it away. And they weren't really full dogs in that game. Even Green Bay jumping out with 10 points, I mean, in the first quarter, they were holding with them, and it was just the defense kind of gave up a little bit in the end. But I think if San Fran can jump out to a big lead, Seattle's been struggling a little bit. They just lost to the Vikings. That's kind of just a a weird a weird loss for them. So I'm going to have to go with San Fran. Looking at the 325 games now, it's Ravens at Broncos. Depending where you look at this, Broncos are either a one-point favorite because they are at home or it's a toss-up game. This is a tough one. I, I'm Teddy Bridgewater's done some good things for Denver. The Ravens have had moments where you think maybe they're back. They're just so injury-ravaged. This is one that I think is going to be a toss-up between everybody here. I think it's at mile high. Denver with Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a tough battle. But this Ravens team has already beaten Kansas City. Granted, it was in Baltimore. They somehow managed to win last week against Detroit, despite the fact that they should have lost. I just think they're going to keep it rolling just because of the way they've been playing down the stretch here in the opening part of the season. Take Baltimore for a road win over Denver. Wow, you guys are thinking hard on this pick. I'm going to obviously go with the Ravens. I was... I saw that two Ravens players came back from injury. You gained two, and I think another six went on the IR for COVID or something. I, I didn't see that, but I saw that um, two returned back, and I was trying to find out who, who returned. So, all right, it's down to Nick, Ravens-Broncos. Did I vote? <sighs> yeah, you yeah, just said yeah, you Ravens, picked the Ravens. Ravens there you go. <laughs> To me, this game, the only thing that I would pick against Denver is just the fact that the Ravens' defense is going to be one of the tougher defenses that Denver has faced and actually the toughest they've faced in the last three games. They've played a couple of pushovers so far, and they've been decently easy wins. They're, the Broncos are only averaging about 20-plus just about 20-plus points a game. So, I mean, they've gotten 27 against the Giants, 23 against the Jags, and then 26. The fourth quarter for the Broncos, just not not a good good half of football, or the second half in general, just not good half of football. They jump out early. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pony up. I'm going to trust my boys to go 4-0. We're going to see if that defense holds. Bridgewater's been playing really impressive. He's been showing me out a little bit, so I'm going to pony up. Denver's in mile high. I was going to say, you taking the Ravens when your Broncos are 3-0 and would have been a bit of a surprise there. Uh, it's, Pat- it's, like I said, it's one of those hard things where this is the first real test that the Broncos have faced. You're going to see I- how good or bad your team is, no doubt exactly. about it. Yeah. Exactly. So we'll, we'll figure it out. And sadly, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch this game because it's probably going to be blacked out here in friggin' Nebraska like it is every <laughs> damn time. Yeah, blackout rules are stupid. Uh, here in the state of Iowa baseball, uh, going on a little tangent here, they black out the Royals, the Twins, the Rockies, the Cubs, 
the White Sox, the Brewers, the Cardinals. Am I missing anybody? I don't think I'm missing anybody. Who do you get to watch then? Good Lord. As a Blue Jays fan, uh, for the most part, I mean, as long as it's not those seven teams, I get to watch it. So, Well, there you go. But, yeah, that's a blackout here in this part of no man's land, USA, between, like, Iowa and I think Nebraska is about, probably about the same, except you probably get to watch, like, Chicago and Milwaukee for baseball. Actually, but. we don't get to watch. Usually the Cubs games, they were on WGN, but WGN got signed away, so we can't watch those anymore, which makes me mad. So those <laughs> games get blacked out. We get the Royals games, but unless it's Salvador Perez show, the Royals have not been very hot lately. We obviously get the good old Nebraska Cornhuskers, which we're not going to talk about that right now. And then we get I, – I can't even get the Denver game, and we're a state over. That's like, why granted, you're blacked the, out. I know, granted, I'm on the farthest side, but still it's like, dude, just let us have a game. It's like I'm not driving. Uh, you're crying on the Omaha. shoulder of somebody who gets seven MLB teams blacked out. So not not to be that guy, but like you're preaching to the choir here. It just it sucks, man. I'm not driving my happy ass <laughs> nine hours on a Sunday. When I got work on Monday morning, when I got to drive back, if I'm going to ha- enjoy the game a little bit, like, nah. Yeah. I want to sit down I'm and right watch it. right there with like, you. I want to sit down and watch it here in my comfy office chair and just enjoy life. Moving to the final 325 game, it's the Packers hosting the Steelers, and everybody's trying to figure out what the hell has happened to Ben Roethlisberger. The Packers that you seem to think are overrated and don't play well, I think are going to absolutely annihilate the Steelers. Uh, Green Bay six and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Packers. Uh, they uh, looked good on Sunday. Uh, they looked good mangling the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football a couple weeks back. Rolling with the Packers. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do that too. Go Pack, go. The funny thing about this was we were. I was watching the game with my girlfriend on Sunday night, and. San Francisco took the lead or like tied it up. Took the lead with 37 yeah, seconds took to the go. Lead, and she goes, I, we're just going to shut it off. I literally looked at her and I don't care if she gets mad at me for this. I literally looked at her and said, you are going to turn off the TV with the greatest or the second greatest 32nd quarterback in NFL history. And she just are you goes, talking well, all gonna- time or quarterbacks playing right now? Well, especially out of the quarterbacks playing right now, like he is one of the best when it comes to just I'm going to keep the ball downfield and find some miracle to make it happen. And sure enough, first play of the drive, he throws it down the field. They get stuck at the 50-yard line, and I'm just sitting there staring at my girlfriend. I'm like, it's going to happen. The kick comes on, and she just is sitting there watching it with behind your hands, and all of a sudden he made the field goal. And I was like, I told you so. So is like, this, this you is- picking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win? Oh, no, this is me picking the Packers. I just wanted to go on the tangent because it was just it, – I, I find that so funny that a Packers fan does not trust Aaron Rodgers in 30 seconds. This is also the same fan base that was like on the offseason, like, all right, he wants to leave, see a good riddance again. Yeah, and he's, he's Like we've talked about on this show one. before, it is hard for me to be remotely sympathetic to an organization that's had Brett Favre, who kicked ass for years and years and years and years – to go right into Aaron Rodgers, who's just picked up where they left off 
I'm a Bears fan that hasn't seen a quarterback in my entire life that's really been any sort of good at all. So that yep. was um, that's a whole nother tirade anyway. So, um, <laughs> so is the rumor true that your boy Nick Foles is coming in? Next oh week? yeah, I guess I forgot to mention that in the the brushing over of the Detroit game. So Justin Fields just played one game, and Matt Nagy, being Matt Nagy, has gone at this point. He's go. He's um, all three quarterbacks are possible to play for Sunday. We haven't really decided yet. And oh, this makes the internet go. Oh, let's bring in Nick Foles because let's that worked go. so well last year. Nick Foles, he had a great run in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but since joining Chicago, he has not done jack shit that should get him in ahead of Justin Fields. This is a guy you moved up in the draft to get. Why are we not playing the guy we moved up in the draft to get? If Dalton's still hurt. Why are we bringing in a third stringer off the bench instead of using the guy we drafted? The internet wants it to happen. The Bears might not win a game the rest of the year with their offensive scheme the way it is now, so we'll see what happens. I mean, if they put in Nick Foles, our our chance of winning went from 50 to zero. I think Justin Fields is better. So, anyway, moving to the Sunday night game, I completely forgot about that uh, internet rumor i hope they don't let's but. go bucks let's go <coughs> i'm going with the bucks the bucks in foxborough for tom brady's triumphant return belichick and mac jones the buccaneers and brady bucks are seven point favorites what are you thinking nick bucks bounce back new england is just not what it used to be the offense isn't really there, and Mac Jones is trying his absolute best, but he's just not able to kind of get so far where I think Belichick wants him to be. You give him a couple of years, yes, Mac Jones, I think, is your guy. He hasn't thrown; he's only thrown three interceptions in three games, so I mean, he's looking decent, but he just needs a little bit of protection. And then the defense, obviously, for the Patriots, needs a lot of work from where it used to be. So. The Buccaneers might steamroll New England on Tom Brady's welcome home party. Uh, I was going to say this is a seven-point spread, and I would have no problem betting that the pay- or, uh, that the Buccaneers cover this as Tampa Bay rolls into Foxborough. This is a Patriots team that just got destroyed by the New Orleans Saints last week. So Tampa's going to be – and this is another factor in here. Tom Brady just got thumped by the Rams. In games before where Tom Brady gets thumped, it's never good whoever plays him the next week. Buccaneers oh, yeah. are going to roll in this game. Monday night football might be one of the more interesting games of the entire week. The Las Vegas Raiders are at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are three-point favorites in this AFC West matchup. And once again, like I've done with a couple of these, I'm going with the dog on the road. I learned nothing from last week, apparently, with going 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, Raiders are 3-0. and oh, Chargers are 2-1. and one. This will be an electric atmosphere because both of these teams Ha-ha, good pun. are going to uh, <laughs> be ready to go. Raiders start 4-0. and oh. If Kansas City happens to slip up, they're going to have some ground to gain. Raiders win this one over the Chargers. I think it'll be pretty darn close down the stretch. I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. 
I'm the only one trusting wow. Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I, I just feel like Herbert is really, really on one right now. Them beating the Chiefs last week. Granted, the Chiefs have been struggling a little bit, but containing Mahomes the way they did, I, I feel like the Chargers defense is just kind of on a, on a level right now. So I, I think Derek Carr is going to have his work cut out for him. Chargers, take it. It's going to be a close game, though. I say it's going to be beside, or decided anywhere between four to seven points. It's not going to be a blowout. So there you go. That's the way we think the matchups will go. Again, after three weeks, Nick leads the way 31-17. and 17. I'm in second at 29-19. and 19. RC's in third, 28-20. and 20. And the Hexbug picks, again, uh, you can watch the Hexbug picks on the Covert Show TikTok. Hexbugs have been bad the last two weeks. Like I said, they com- their combined right picks for the last two weeks are the same as week one. That's not good news for that. Once again, I will actually remember this before somebody else does on this podcast for the first episode in like six. I was going to use the code word. No one's going to. I don't know where you're going. We haven't tried the rest of it. They tried the rest of what? Don't we still have like two cans of it? Oh, well, okay. But we're not talking about that right now. Uh, use the code word COVERT20 for 15% off Raise Energy. Uh, if you want to get the background of what just happened there, I uh, the last like three episodes that everybody's been together, we get to like three minutes before we're done, and somebody has to remind me about this. This time I was on top of it, RC. Almost almost beat me to the punch today, but he did not, as uh, that is the code word COVID 20, 15% off Ray's energy. All right, we're going to slide into a little bit out of sports. We'll talk MLB, some NCAA football coming up, but I want to hear RC's perspective on this one. Machine Gun Kelly decides Uh-oh. to go after Slipknot. The internet has been just a joy to watch for this whole thing. Uh, For those of you that forgot, or in my case, learned this during this whole thing, apparently Machine Gun Kelly also tried to go after Eminem. It didn't go well. He's trying to go after Slipknot. It currently isn't going well. I haven't heard a lot out of this recently, but RC, what are your thoughts about good old Machine Gun Kelly going after the Iowa boys? Just watch in 2022, he's going to be coming out with a country album. Whoa! Throw in the shade! Get out of here, Machine Gun Kelly. That's it? It's going to be like the country rap. It's going to be like Cold 4. I don't know how to feel about that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But just, well, I heard that Knotfest was just an absolute terror. Well, this is is perfect. We could jump right into this, too. (laughs) There were people waiting for, like, two tenths or three tenths of water, and the lines were, like, three hours long just to get it, and, like, the show apparently wasn't, like, as good as everybody thought. Like, it was a total cluster. Oh, oh, no. So, no. The concert... The concert was amazing. The, every band was straight fire except Suicide Boys. They were absolute trash. The Suicide Boys were not it. Really, really bad. But everyone else was really good. And yes, I stood in line for two hours for stupid water that didn't last 20 seconds. 
So I bought my water and it was gone before I even made it all the way out of the line. And I missed two and a half sets. I missed Tech Nine all the way, Trivium all the way, and half a Gojira waiting for stupid water. It was bad. It should have been called Line Fest. <laughs> but Man, after the like after the line, it was it the shows were really good. The show was really good. Everything else was very, very, very poorly planned. It was like they were expecting 10,000 people instead of 30,000 people. Well, well I, saw vid- I saw videos of it, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, how do you screw up that bad? Like, it's it's not fest. It's the Iowa return for Slipknot, usually. Like, this is something that you guys got to be prepared for. It happens all the damn time. See, the thing I was wondering, though, is the when I was I didn't go, but just looking at the festival grounds, it felt like they were trying to put way too much and way too little of an area. Yep, we're looking at you, Mammoth. You're the guys that set this up and you did a very piss poor job. of. I mean, I feel like if you like double your land or maybe even triple your land, you don't have this problem. Cause I was just thinking about how it was set up for incarceration where, you know, you have, this is, this would still be two stages, but for ink, you had the three stages and there was food all across this thing where it just from the brief look at the map, the stages were smashed right next to each other for starters. And then there looked like there was like one tent for everything it just felt like there was too much going on for uh, as little of as little of land as there seemed to be for this festival. And there's rumors that the guy that lost his key three cars down from us is still sitting there looking for his key. That's the rumor. Oh man, <laughs> he lost his keys, and then he was like. Hey, broski, can you come, like, try your key in my door? Because we had the same exact car, Jeep Patriot. I'm like, dude, it's not going to work. And then, of course, I was told to go try to help. And, yeah, obviously the key didn't work in his door. And then the guy was like, so, uh, yeah, my phone's dead. I don't know where my key is. And I'm, like, 10 hours away from home. And I'm like, I don't know what to do that's for you, you buddy. You so he buddy. was he was was he by himself though? You should have gave him yes. your phone. All he went ten hours by himself, lost his phone, lost his keys. His phone was dead. Oh woof, dude. And then his keys were the gone. Jeez. And then yeah, I was like, I don't know what to I'm do. I'm sorry, but if I drove ten hours and it was as much of a shit show as it sounded, I'm not even sure I would have stayed for the whole thing. For me on a personal level, I mean it's one thing, like, for you, you drove four hours, five hours, whatever, to go down there. You're not necessarily out a whole lot doing that, but 10 hours, that's a big oof. You also saw Guns N' Roses earlier last week as well. Do you have any comments on that as uh, you were busy doing concerts and shows last week? I was a mile from the stage at Knotfest hanging out in the back and it was still louder than guns and roses that was inside and i was like really not close close but not a mile from the stage so not fest from a mile away was still louder than guns and roses inside and i was i don't know if they were just having an off night where everything wasn't as loud as usual but that was one of the quietest concerts i ever went to it was really good but oh, you're missing oh, oh, the best I'm gonna story this. from I'm going to ruin this for you. 
Guns N' Roses Axl Rose on YouTube videos, if you look him up and listen to him with your eyes closed, in his high notes, he sounds like Mickey Mouse singing. Oh, my God. Whoa, dude. <laughs> Jeez. He sounds like Mickey Mouse <laughs> singing. Dude. But we're, you're not even telling the best story. Uh, what's that? About the people that were all around you. Oh, they were getting loaded oh like a freight God. train and wouldn't sit down. So C-18, I'm going to. 18, row three, section C. You guys are ass clowns. Sit this the heck guy, down. This guy <laughs> posts to the heavy metal forever. Granted, this thing's followed by like 23,000 people or something. Liked, followed, whatever the hell Facebook is. This guy, so I'm I'm getting back um, <laughs> from a trip. I think I went to Dubuque that week, and I was getting back from Dubuque, and I'm look scrolling through Facebook, or it would have been the middle of the week. I don't know where I was coming back from, but and I see this post, and I thought it was a joke at first because no one had commented on it or anything yet. But this guy posts to this sit down. Uh, whatever the health section, and I just could not. Uh, I'll see if I can find it. For I'm you. sorry, but that is just sheer comedy at its finest. Dude, it was annoying That's as old. shit. The people, I kid you not, between Guns and Roses starting at seven. No, they started at eight because the opener was seven to seven thirty. So Guns and Roses came on at eight and got done around like maybe eleven. I guarantee you. From that tiny little window that Guns N' Roses performed, they had to be up eight fucking times. It was bad. Well, here's the thing. And I've only, uh, since concerts came back, uh, it's only been a year or so since I've been able to drink at concerts. But here's the thing. You got a double fist at these things. I, for me personally, it's just I don't want to stand in line for eight years. But if you're if you're on in middle of your row and you're constantly getting up and annoying people, you got you got a double fist. So that's just something that's Agreed. unsolicited advice that no one asked for, but it's just what you got to do. Responsibly and, double fist. There we go. There, there you go. We got a there's super. your there's your solicited advice. Super fun. Another story from that show. So there was a little short fella in front of us that was like a midget. <laughs> and so as the when he first went and got beer, I swear to God, the cup was the size of his head. And as the, <laughs> as the night goes on, the cups just keep getting smaller and smaller. And by the time the end of the night is, like, there, he comes back with these two little, like, shots, but they're, like, normal-sized cups to him. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that that was... I don't even know what to say to that. Wow. So, there you go. RC had a hoot at Guns N' Roses. Oh, I found Almost it. died of dehydration at uh, Knotfest. It was a week. So, on my page, this is word-for-word quotation marks. <laughs> PSA don't get ever don't get up every song please and thanks we're looking at you section C18 row 3 St. Paul uh, it was bad it was really annoying and shout out to the lady that like passed down the stairs and face planted into the floor that was, I, that was I you know what amazes me and going oh. back to concerts anywhere from shine down in Sioux City to incarceration to all this since coming back out of the pandemic 
people can't hold their booze like I thought they'd be able to. You know, everybody's been cooped up inside. I'm sure everybody's been drinking more than they normally do. I've been genuinely shocked the amount of people that just don't seem like they can hold their booze as much as you would think they were able to. So that's something interesting. And the couple of concerts that I've been to that it's kind of surprising. And another huge thing um, coming out next year early is Tool announced a huge North American tour starting in January and wrapping up in May, it looks like. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So Ghost is going on tour as well. I am jacked beyond belief. That's, uh, geez, I don't know, January through like Might as well just tell them about the concert series then that we're doing. Well, the only one that I know (laughs) is going. You have incarceration we're going to next July. Is that July or June? July. July. And we got Ghost in February. We've got Static X in April. And I know March, March. March 27th. This is a lot of dates to remember. So we got a lot coming up uh, down the pipe. But I am, I'm pumped for it. ICP's out there somewhere. Rumor has it Mudvayne's going to go on tour. Oh, dude. I'm going to have oh. no money left by like August of next year. I was telling. I went to not fest with my mom and I was talking to my mom while the suicide boys was going. And when they were done, Megadeth took like 10 minutes to get going. So they were 10 minutes late and then slipknot banner was up and like had the lights behind it. I was looked at my mom and I was like, you know, it'd be really cool is if slipknot allowed a really, really big troll moment since faith no more dropped out. Um, and the curtain drops for Slipknot and Mudvayne comes out and just trolls the shit out of the crowd. That'd be so cool. Other than that guy has COVID or had COVID. Yeah, I don't know the timelines of all that, but they would have performed the day Slipknot was performing, except at Louder Than Life. So, so yeah, it would be a. Uh, that's what's coming down the line uh, for the COVID show, Heavy Metal Forever. Good old. Uh, music series or whatever you just said about concert, concert series. series. You there gotta you go. make it fancy. Terry. And we're gonna win tickets to something on Friday. Rumor has oh, it. I wonder if that was ever announced. Well, I thought they were announcing it Friday. Oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's nothing that's official, but sublime and dirty heads or something. <laughs> it's either talking heads or dirty heads. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but I, I've got something music related that I just could not resist talking about because this reaction will be priceless, I'm sure. Billie Eilish apparently lost 100,000 Instagram followers. Wait. <laughs> wait. Just wait. And I quote, because people are scared of big boobs. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Billie Eilish posted something to uh, Instagram. There's been a couple of different pictures. And apparently, her big <laughs> boobs are scaring people off. I my first When I first saw this, I, was, I just genuinely didn't know that she had that big boobs. I mean, that big of boobs. I mean... There's that. It, it, it is weird to me. So she's somewhere between 18 and 20, I think. 
So a lot of her following is younger than 18. So I could see how there would be certain people in that demographic that would see those type of pictures and be like, yep, I'm out. I'm out on your Instagram. Like, But on the same token, it is curious that 100,000 people were like so down on this that they just decided to get out. But... Like I said, couldn't resist talking about it. I just thought the uh, reaction would be interesting. RC's first reaction was to pick up his phone. <laughs> so I think we all know where where he's going. I don't have Instagram. Uh, I've just seen it through different stories. And, you know, uh, you, for a young person like that to be confident in uh, what their body is, I mean, there's something to be said about that. There's 100,000 people apparently that uh, – don't believe that's the type of thing you should do, but to each their own. And before we go any further, I'm oh, gonna going to shout out Android. Dude, your new update sucks ass. <laughs> I want to go we back. We just went from Billie Eilish's big boobs to Android sucks. Dude, this new update is your texting, your, it's bad. Your texting is awesome, though. So whatever. So I guess there's like new fonts or whatever in texting, apparently, that you can get. I don't know this because I apparently don't give enough of a shit to know this, but his his uh, messaging, when you text him, looks like a psychopath. So you know in the movies where like every other letter is like, capitalized in a different font? That's what this oh, it's guy like is. It's taken, it's taken from a magazine. Yeah, this is exactly what his texting looks like. It is That's the hilarious. weirdest thing. Uh, there's some... Uh, I think it, it's like... For whatever reason, some of it goes through normal, but there's some that just like randomly decides that it's going to be eight different fonts. So it, I thought he did it on purpose. Apparently he didn't. I thought it was funny. Apparently he doesn't think it's funny, but it's not funny. I hate <laughs> it's, it. It's pretty Dude, funny. I, so after almost a year since getting my phone and skipping every single update i decided to update it and this is why i skip updates the updates and are this trash. is why your phone works like shit when you're eight updates behind Dude, the updates sucked so i'm happy with what i have and then i just skip the updates and it's fine i mean fair <laughs> enough so nick when you see an update on your phone do you uh, do you update it do you wait okay. a little bit, or are you the type that's like, yeah, I'm going to update when you make my phone blow up in my hand? Well, here's the thing, though. With, like, a lot of the Apple updates, any iOS oh, update Oh, Jesus, you're Apple. Uh, Apple. I regret, oh, I, I regret asking this question to Mr. Okay. Moneybags over there. Right, you can right, probably have, like, four phones. You don't need to worry about updates. You update one and buy a new one. You don't even need to update it. You just take a hammer to the old phone and then buy a new one. Jesus, Terry, dude, stop I'm, spitting I'm fire. You're going to make him oh, Apple man cry, dude. He's got 13. He's probably got like an Apple 14. They haven't even released Apple 14 yet. They're on 13. This guy's probably got a $1,600 phone that's made of pure gold. Damn it, Terry, stop it. You're making <laughs> Apple man cry. <laughs> I got, I got an he's iPhone gonna, 8. He's going to jab his tears with $100 bills, dude. <laughs> I got two fives sitting on my desk. That'll work. Oh, flexing the big money. I got a $10 bill and a 20 floating around. I've got no money floating around, boys. All right. But but no, on the real note, though, Apple updates, like the iOS updates, honestly make phones run so much slower because that's the goal that Apple has is to try to say, so oh, yeah, by the way, big phones. spender over there, you can pay 
$15 for a phone. I just dropped $1,300 on a camera after Boom. graduation for college. It's like, I'd rather have that. And now it's like, personally, phone. you can film like full movies on your phone. What is this? Well, when you the phone costs $1,600, you better be yeah. able to do more than what I can do on my phone. <laughs> so well, you've got grandparents who barely know how to use the damn thing or like even parents that know how, don't know how to use the <laughs> damn thing. It's like, why do they need a $1,500 camera and a $1,500 Because phone? people buy it. That is the whole scheme here. Oh, Apple God. puts enough bullshit in their phones to make it Samsung's like Samsung's doing the same thing. Samsung's I can buy. Oh, I, let me let me let me just stop you there, pal. <laughs> I bought a phone. This is why I I have lived with Motorola phones because I can buy a brand new phone right now for two hundred and forty bucks. And uh, there for a while, I was breaking phones because I'm a dumbass, apparently. But that's not the point. You, I, there's Apple phones refurbished from like six series ago that cost more than my brand new Motorola does. Can we just acknowledge the fact that anybody who works at the Apple store still continues to call themselves geniuses? Yeah, they're stealing your money. They are geniuses. You spend $1,300 on a goddamn phone when I spent oh, no, 240 talking, on it. I'm just talking about the people that think they're geniuses because they can fix an iPhone. Can you fix an iPhone? <laughs> I mean, dude, I can barely open the damn thing. I don't need to fix it. I'll so just what are you criticizing I, him for? Then if you're, what, how are they not geniuses if you can't even it, open because it? Because it's always, it's always the running joke that if you work at the Apple store and you get titled a genius, you just get flack for it. Because every other genius in the world is just like, no, you're not a genius. You just do technology. Solve string theory. That's all I got to say. Listen here, Bo Jackson. Anyone <laughs> that uses Apple... Is a loser. Sad. Get out of here, <laughs> Apple users. You're trash. So how do you feel about Apple geniuses, though? That's the real Losers. Part. Even more losers than the people that use the products. <laughs> stupid, stupid, sad people. <sighs> we went so off. <laughs> I I'm just saying that you think that if Android's raising their prices, it's like still a third. I'm I'm still a third of what Apple's doing. What about them Chromebooks, huh? The <laughs> well, the Chromebooks are like 110 bucks <laughs> Dude, now. Chromebooks are trash. <laughs> if you want a laptop for personal use, I mean, Chromebooks are like down to like 90 bucks. Remember the Chromebooks that were like super blocky and had the oh, big red button in the middle? Yeah, I think the problem <laughs> with the Chromebooks during high school was it had all that shit on there that the high school was using to like make sure that you were doing what you were supposed to. Like if you would peel all the garbage off your computer and all the bullshit off your computer you didn't need it would probably function fine like if i was if my uh computer i got from college ever craps out i would consider looking at a cheap chromebook at least like intermittently like when you're because i'm not going to have 600 bucks to drop on a dell or 600 bucks to drop on a macbook just drop my so 90 bucks on a piece of shit chromebook that'll probably last six months so because I got a Dell now, I'm still rich? I got a Dell. It's great. I got a Dell. I got a yeah, MacBook runs... Air from college that cost me more than I care to admit. <laughs> so have we ever talked about that oh, new Jesus. flip phone that came out? And it's oh, like a smartphone except it flips and clicks and shit. Oh, and it's my stupid God. and it looks really, really I, I clunky. Don't, I can't understand why we're doing that. Like, it's, it's a just, smartphone. Why are you closing smartphone screens on each other? 
Like well, on- now, okay. Well, take that for example. Then, uh, what is it? Samsung that has the foldable freaking phone. Well, Apple's is, just pissed is- because they didn't think of it first. <laughs> you can't. You no matter what you say here, pal. You cannot <laughs> convince me that Apple is a better deal than Samsung, Motorola, any of the other phones. I'm not saying it's a better deal. Who thought of a foldable phone? I mean, you take one somebody thing in that 1995. Thing. I have a flip phone still. No, I'm talking about a flippable smart like smartphone that has the full screen that you un like you unlock the little box. So my question is, for all the people (laughs) that put their phones in their back pockets, so you fold your screens together and then you sit on the phone, how does that not just crack the shit out of everything? That's what I'm saying. How or how does like the little uh, mechanisms not break? Like how is that genius? I haven't seen one in person. I've seen the like commercials where everything looks flashy and smart, but I, the internet amazes me that there were so many people that's like, oh my gosh, this makes me stone, so nostalgic. And I'm like, for what? This is a smartphone that's trying to go back to 1990 when it doesn't need to. Like there's all these great track phones and uh, consumer cellular, and there's all these great places. You want to buy a, a cheap flip phone there's places to do it why are you going to spend whatever we'll say conservatively 800 bucks on a glorified smartphone flip phone it just doesn't make sense and going all the way back to not fest there's a wow yeah we're going way back this is uh, (laughs) one of those podcasts where you're gonna have to rewind like 25 minutes to have any idea what he's talking about um, when Slipknot was performing, it was like one or two songs. I just remembered this one or two songs into their set. And to also touch back way back on the Corey Taylor Slipknot and MGK feud going on, the crowd way up front just starts saying F MGK and starts chanting that for like a minute. Good. And Corey Taylor's just standing up there, just listening and directing them as they're going and. It was pretty cool to experience. All right, there you go. Corey Taylor knows it's going. He's got quotes about it. You can check those out. And uh, I'm going to talk about Skittles. Since we're all over Hell's Half Acre on this podcast already, Skittles starting October, so starting in a couple of days here, for the first time since 2013, the flavor of lime is coming back. Thank you. Hallelujah. The apple experiments over. Green apple never fit into the array of Skittles flavors. To be honest, I just ate Skittles. I never really cared about the flavor. I just like Skittles. What? <laughs> That's all I got to say about the matter. Okay. Well, I, I personally 175% like lime way better than green apple. Green apple does not... It. Does not mix. Well, yeah, that was 2013. Does not mix very well with everything. So there's that. Uh, jumping into another one, an interesting. So there's the really bad situation: the uh, Gabby Patino murder, the Brian Laundry guy that just disappeared, oh, yeah. the parents that went to jail, and there's a new. So the FBI hasn't been able to really make heads or tails out of this. So dog, oh. the bounty hunters back. Last there I are looked, so many people upset about this. Actually, there well, are before we get into upset. that side of it, I <laughs> this guy, 
has seemingly done somehow a better job of tracking this guy down. They Earlier this morning, I guess it had been yesterday morning, he went to a camp, found that this guy had probably been there based on that the parents and this, this Brian guy went there. And last I see in Dog the Bounty Hunter thinks he's going to have this guy found in like the upcoming days. I guess I hadn't heard anybody that's like upset about it, but it's interesting to see him come out and uh, it'll be intriguing to see if he indeed does find Brian before the FBI does. Well, and like the, the fact of the matter that he came out, he actually had a daughter that was the same age as Gabby disappear and get murdered. So him taking on this case, like that's a big personal note for him. So he is rolling through this and because he is a bound, like technically hired bounty hunter, he can get away with a little bit more than what police normally can. So he is rolling through this case. And I, I mean, if he can find him in the next coming days, like that'd be fantastic. But I, I'd say a week he's on the trail. He's hunting. I mean, he jumped on sometime earlier this week and it was all over the news, all over this, that, and the other thing. And it is just, it, it, I guess for me personally, it would just be interesting to see the backstory or the like thought process and how this guy goes about doing things. I'm sure there's a lot of shady stuff that probably shouldn't be happening that he can do that the FBI definitely can't or shouldn't. But you know, this it might be one of those things where it's just, I mean, this Brian guy's a scumbag. And that's probably the nicest thing he's been called by anybody in this whole entire thing. Uh, the parents, uh, like I said, have been taken in for questioning. I don't know if they ended up getting arrested or not. Uh, but Doug the Bounty Hunter might get this one done in the coming days. And uh, with that, if you don't have anything to add, RC. That dope-ass new-looking ghost background is where it's at they updated their cover photo an hour ago dude that's where it's at so they had a live stream going today that had been going for 12 hours that they were going to make some announcement on and i don't know if they ever made the announcement or whatever they were going to announce but there were like 400 people on this live stream and everybody's like this thing's been going for 12 hours so i don't know what the deal with that was they came out with a new song i'm pretty sure there you go new song for uh, ghost uh, for uh, that. Uh, we'll take a quick look at MLB here uh, before we get into NCAA and wrap this podcast up. And so with that, some uh, MLB playoffs to talk about. Cardinals ended a 17-game winning streak tonight. Cardinals are in the playoffs Everything is pretty much set on the NL side of things outside of, I think, the Braves haven't officially clinched the division yet, uh, but they're four games ahead with about six to go, so it's only a matter of time. Uh, the Giants, Brewers, Cardinals, and Dodgers have all clinched. Somebody out of the West, either the Dodgers or the Giants, will be a wild card team with 100 plus wins right now. Dodgers 101 and 56. The Giants 104 and 102 and 56. The Dodgers ended up winning that game. Last time I checked it, it was 9 to 6. 
they came back and won uh, 11 to 9. So that is uh, some updated. I guess my standings are not quite updated. Um, I don't know why my stuff's not updated. All right, so we're, we're just going to roll. I mean, you you obviously feel free to jump in and correct me because I'm sure the AL standings won't be right either. Uh, uh, Tampa. You, I was going to say, in case you want a little bit of an update on that, yeah, the Mariners ended up winning 4 to No! <laughs> so I'll give you background why I just screamed no into the mic. Like, I expect everybody listening to know this. but In, so case, the, in case you haven't heard, he's a Blue Jays fan. The Blue Jays are in an absolute fight to the finish here. The Yankees, Red Sox, Mariners, and Blue Jays are all within three games of each other. Uh, Toronto's got the pants are tight, and that's okay. Robbie Ray going on the hill to take on the Yankees in the final game of the series Huge game, Cy Young implications after the Blue Jays rocked Garrett Cole tonight. Uh, Blue Jays did end up needing a late run to win, but that's a big one. Uh, Boston won. Yankees lead Boston by a game. Who leads the Mariners by a half game? And the Mariners are a half game ahead of the Blue Jays. There's a lot that's going to happen in these final four days, and uh, those four teams are going to be fighting to the finish. Uh, the Rays and White Sox have clinched everything. Rays are going to be the top seed as uh, they're probably going to end up with 100 wins this season. Uh, Houston has not officially clinched the West, although it might as well be that way. And with the loss tonight, it should be noted, Oakland is officially done. They had to have a lot of things happen so here's the records, 90 and 68, 89 and 69, 89 and 70, and 88 and 70. So there are some real possibilities that you could end up with possibly all these teams tying at the end of it, and you'd have a bunch of game 163s and all that. So that would it's be terrible. Oh, it'd be so it'd much be fun so, to watch. But my oh, heart hard. could not take it. There was, a, I think there's a possibility of needing to play and this might have been for Oakland when they were still in but there was needing to play three games just to get to the wild card game so it, it's gonna be a very uh wild finish here Toronto's got one against the Yankees three against the Orioles and I mean if you can't win three against the Orioles it's it's gonna be tough sledding but I'm telling you Robbie Ray in those tight pants tomorrow. He needs a big W because it could have Cy Young implications after Toronto rocked Cole. If Cy, if uh, Robbie Ray comes out and pitches out of his mind tomorrow, he might just win the Cy Young uh, for the AL. So that's a quick look at the AL race. Uh, the NL, like I said, is pretty much tied up. Uh, the only thing left is Atlanta needs to win one game or the Phillies need to lose one for Atlanta to clinch. And then that NL West race is going to come down to the final weekend as that's only two games that separate those two teams. So that will be something that you really want to keep an eye on as that uh, winds down. So last segment, it will be NCAA football. We're talking about that. Hawkeyes look a little shaky. Looked a little shaky uh, last week at times. They were 24, 23-point favorites against Colorado State. 
Uh, they end up pulling it out late, but did not even come close to covering that 24-point win. They win over Colorado State. Iowa State falls out of the top 25 as they were seven-point favorites against Iowa State or against Baylor, and wound up losing by two. So Iowa State maybe a little more overhyped than we might have thought. But Nick, you had a couple of games you wanted to talk about heading into this weekend. Uh, I will highlight that. We talked about it a little bit, too. This will be kind of one of the underrated highlights. The Maryland versus Iowa game. Iowa number five going into Terp country. Maryland had a good win against West Virginia early, 30-24. to 24. They had a win against Illinois, 20-17, to 17, who Illinois only has one win on the year. I, I don't know how this is going to go. Maryland is usually just a very scrappy team. So, And the last time they had a really big top five opponent or a top ten opponent or within that realm was Texas a couple of years – or I think two or three years ago, and they handled Texas. So, I mean, I think Iowa should be a little bit scared coming into this, especially, like you said, with that shaky start against Colorado State. The next game that I want to highlight would be Cincinnati versus Notre Dame, one of the best turnover teams in the country in Cincinnati, going to South Bend, Indiana, to take on Notre Dame, the quote-unquote ACC team, if you will, Hmm. even though they're in the independent this year. They pounded Wisconsin last week, and Wisconsin's nothing to like shy away from, but at the same time, not the same defense that they used to be. Purdue was able to hold their own against Northwest or against Notre Dame, but Cincinnati, within the last three games, they have had a turnover margin with ten turnovers so far, and I think they've got eleven on the year. So Cincinnati able to get the ball back in their hands, and that offense and Desmond Ritter, I think, is just going to be hard for Notre Dame to stop. So yeah, that is interesting, and Notre Dame's one of those teams that. I have a hard time really, you know, getting on board with them being anywhere near the top 10. We've talked about this before with them not being in a conference. I mean, if they were in the ACC and they matched up against Clemson and they had to they had to play all these different teams, that's one thing. But they're just kind of float out there. I mean, this year is different cuz they actually have been playing some ranked teams and like you said they throttled Wisconsin. So this is, I think, a bigger game for Cincinnati. I mean, to play a team like Notre Dame on the road, boy, they come out of here. They've got a nice win under their belt as uh, that would be preferable, if you ask me. I would love to see Cincinnati win that game. Other top uh, SEC games, Alabama takes on Mississippi, 1 versus 12. Georgia hosts Arkansas, 8 versus 2. Colorado. big games in the SEC. I mean, those are... Alabama, Ole Miss, that's always just a fun game to watch. Um, it's just the Landshark defense hopefully comes out, and Ole Miss looking very strong. I am super pumped. And granted, it's really sad that this game is at 11 because this should be a nightcap game at about 7. But Georgia-Arkansas, that is just going to be an absolute just fist fight. Arkansas's defense has been playing very strong. The offense has been looking good as well. Georgia's still trying to keep up with JT Daniels and trying to make sure that he's feeling good in the pocket, and I think he's starting to kind of find his flow. So if both teams just come out ready to go, it's just going to be a fight, and I'm excited. And there you go. That is a look at NCAA football. Another notable Oregon has been rising and rising and rising. They are on the road against Stanford. 
Penn State hosts Indiana. Could be an interesting one there. Baylor new to the top 25-21. Takes on number 19, Oklahoma State. Some of the other matchups of intrigue there. If anything, does anybody have anything else to add before we uh, wind her up here in episode number 16? Just a quick look, Clemson and Boston College. Clemson facing its first time being out of the top 25 within the last seven years. Could that possibly be an upset? We don't know, but Clemson looking just struggle busting with DJ Ungolalie. So, yeah, that, that, might be, that might be an upset of the week. Clemson might just be kind of done. Is that something I should put through. my money on Boston College? Oh, let's look at this. Let's just look at it here. I'm kind of intrigued to see what the line is. I haven't looked at it. So Clemson still has an 82% chance of winning. Uh, Boston College is 15 point dogs. Uh, the over under is 46. Eh, there's a potential for an upset. If if Clemson's offense doesn't come out firing, then they're they might fall out. So I, I'd go for an upset pick. An upset pick of Boston College. You heard it here first. All right, RC, you got anything to add over there? And you've been busy uh, doing something. I I don't know what it is. I'm going to be honest. You were on your phone. Maybe that was back to the Billie Eilish big boobs thing. Nobody can really be sure what you were looking at. So you got anything to add before we wind her down? For the brief minute and 38 seconds of that new ghost song, they're back to what they should be doing and put, Go goat and marry on a cross behind them. They're back oh, to their go goat, goat. Absolutely no. bangs, dude. Those songs are straight. Garbage. Oh, I love it. Trash. Well, I mean, if they're going back to the roots, I like that too. So that's something that I will personally look forward to. Nick, do you have anything else to add before we all wind her down? I think we're good, man. All right. So there you have it. It is the. Covert Show, episode number 16. Once again, use the code word COVERT20 for 15% off Raise Energy, as uh, that is a pretty good deal there, Raise Energy. They got the tasty sour gummy worms flavor, as uh, that we'll have to get back to trying those back into the next episode. So once again, you want to follow The Covert Show, you can on Twitter at The Covert Show. Remember to check out TikTok. As uh, the Hexbugs make their pick there, as it is at The Covert Show on TikTok. Facebook page is The Covert Show. You can also email us at The Covert Show. That'll do it for podcast number 16. For RC and Nick, this is JC saying thank you for listening. This has been Covert Show episode number 16. Be sure to check it out on Podbean and Spotify at The Covert Show. Thanks for listening.